Welcome to the Love Your Life Podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach, fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life, health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Welcome back to episode 65. And last couple episodes, we talked about Ayurveda. So this time I figured, why don't we talk about the sister science of Ayurveda, which is yoga. So as you remember, when I talked about Ayurveda, I was like, well, yoga and Ayurveda tend to be one in the um, sister sciences, which means that one science, which is Ayurveda, talks about the mental aspects and the nutritional aspects and the lifestyle aspects. And yoga deals with a lot more of the meditations and the breath work and the postures. So today I wanted to give a brief overview of how yoga can actually help heal your body. Now, many of you probably have practiced yoga before, or at least know someone who practices yoga if you have never practiced it. Um, ever. And you probably also have heard of the many healing benefits of yoga. So that's what I want to dive into today. The word yoga can be interpreted as union or a method of discipline. The very practice of yoga has been around for about 2000 years or more. Many yogis do not know that yoga has many different components They are called the eight limbs of yoga, which I've learned in Ayurveda. And those eight limbs are the yamas, the restraints, the namas, the observations, the asanas, which most people are familiar with, which is the postures, the pranayama, which some people are familiar with, which is breathing, the pratyahara, which is withdrawal of senses, the dharma, which is um, concentration, the dhyana, which is meditation, and samadhi, which is absorption. And many Western practices focus on the asanas or poses and the pranayama or breath, but they don't really focus on the other limbs. However, when we combine each branch, we begin to focus inwardly to achieve the samadhi, which translates into liberation or enlightenment, which is what a lot of the yogis are looking for and the gurus have achieved, which is that enlightenment. For some, the physical aspects is all that they are looking for. They just want to have the experience of being able to go through the postures and feeling better or more energized or reducing any kind of pain and ailments. Oh, I want to kind of go briefly over the different types of yoga practices. And you probably have heard of these before, especially if you have went to a yoga studio and you're probably thinking, what is the difference between this style and that style? First, I want to talk about Hatha. Hatha yoga is a sequence of postures designed to open channels in the body, such as the spine. 
The goal of Hatha is to work towards finding balance and uniting opposites. Each pose requires a surrender, which in turn teaches us how to surrender off the mat as well. That is one of the first things I learned when I was in yoga class was that what you learn on the mat, you can apply to everyday life. And I tell that to a lot of my students in the stretch class. Hatha yoga is a powerful instrument for self-transformation, allowing us to focus on the breath. By challenging the breath, we can bring peace to the mind and also to the body. Hatha yoga is generally categorized used to determine the many styles of yoga, such as vinyasa is similar to hatha in it that it is used to describe the different styles of yoga. Vinyasa style classes synchronized movement with the breath. This style may be referred to as a flow class. So it's typically in vinyasa, if you've ever practiced vinyasa, you're used to having um, one movement per breath. Um, so the inhale is maybe reaching up, exhales is folding over, things like that. So those are the different forms of yoga practices. The most common ones are Ashtanga yoga. The goal is for a constant movement and each movement is concentrated to the breath. Bikram yoga, which is also referred to as hot yoga, in which the classes are held in a heated room of 105 degrees or more. Now, I always say that there's like Bikram yoga studios, and then there is other studios which will have vinyasa, quote unquote, style yoga in a hot room. Um, And then there is yin yoga, which is one of my favorites and incorporates the use of long holds to get into deep muscles and connective tissues. Kundalini, which is most known for the dynamic breathing techniques. And then Ingar yoga encourages intense focus. Poses are held longer than average class to work on musculoskeletal alignment. A lot of people will call these things like slow flows. You might see those things. And then there is restorative yoga, which is a gentle form of yoga utilizing a range of props to provide support while in the poses. And you've probably heard of a more recent one that I started discovering, which is Nidra yoga, which is really helping someone go through um, a relaxation and easing them into sleep. So you're in Savasana the whole time, you're going through like a deep meditative practice, and then you go to sleep. And although you're not doing any more poses besides just Savasana, it is still a yoga practice because it focuses on the breath. And really the breath work is what really um, is a defining factor of yoga. So here are some common questions that are often asked um, when it, the topic of yoga. What does the OM mean? And you're probably wondering that. OM is a mantra that is traditionally chanted in the beginning or the end of the class. It is a multifaceted universal sound or rhythmic vibration that signifies the sense of completeness. What does namaste mean? So you probably have heard at the end of class when people are putting their hands to heart center, and they bow. The actual word translates to I bow to you. It's usually a gesture at the end of a class to acknowledge the belief that there is a divine spark within each of us, as well as thanking you for your presence in that class that day. So a lot of times you'll see the yoga instructor that says namaste, and everyone else bows down and says namaste. 
So how is yoga different from stretching? And I get this question a lot, especially in my stretch classes, because people are like, I thought this was going to be like yoga. And I started to incorporate a little bit of a yoga flow, but mostly my stretches are not yoga tailored. Um, although I do teach one class, which is a little bit of stretching and yoga, mainly because that is what people were looking for. Again, the eight limbs of yoga are what makes the practice more special than simply stretching. Stretching is just one aspect of yoga. Yoga is a way to connect the mind, body, and the breath. And this is a very common question that is asked all the time, especially when people are religious because they are fearful of like, wait a minute, is this going to interfere with my religion? And that is, is yoga a religion? Yoga is actually a philosophy. It is not a religion. The philosophy began in India and is estimated over 5,000 years ago. So some of the benefits of yoga is that yoga offers a host of benefits, including practicing just one hour a week can deliver significant health benefits. Of course, the more you practice, the more you will benefit. While yoga can certainly increase the strength and the flexibility, yoga has so much more than just that. Some noted the benefits of better sleep, feeling more relaxed, getting fewer colds. Western science continues to research the benefits of yoga for their concrete evidence that yoga improves health, heals aches and pains, and keeps sickness away. And I find this is really interesting. There's a local hospital here called Beaumont Medical Health, and they actually are doing a lot more of integrative services. And one of them is to do yoga therapy. And so you can actually get certified through the hospital on yoga therapy and incorporate it into a lot of their healing modalities along with other things like Reiki and um, naturopathic medicine and herbalism, which I think is really cool and advancement to see a medical system being able to offer all these things, including training. So typically I would see people would go to training um, on retreats held in other countries like Bali or Mexico or wherever it may be, or the yoga studios. And now you can actually get it at the local hospital. Here is a brief list of some of the proven benefits of practicing yoga. It improves posture, protects the spine, it strengthens the bone health, increases blood flow, boosts the immune system, increases happiness, improves focus, and helps digestion. It encourages peace of mind, which is a huge benefit, reduces allergy, and promotes self-care. The practice of yoga has been linked to profound healing abilities because yoga integrates mind, body, and spirit. The healing power goes way beyond the typical healing benefits recognized in the medical community. So let's take a deeper dive into how yoga heals physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. The first one is to talk about the physical healing of yoga. There are many factors that impact our physical health, stress, anxiety, injury, and chronic illness is just a few of them. Many of these conditions manifest into physical symptoms. For example, symptoms of stress can include low energy, chronic headaches, digestive issues, aches and pains, intense muscles, chest pains, and rapid heartbeat, sleep difficulties such as insomnia, frequent colds, and infections. So let's take a look at how yoga can heal these physical conditions. The physical activity has long been associated with improving energy levels during periods of stress, 
Cortisol levels are heightened, which leads to fatigue. Balancing poses and backbends can reduce the stress and effects on your health. So you can try these eight poses to counteract any kind of stress. Cobra, downward dog, bow, tree, wheel, bridge, fish, and shoulder stand. And remember, some of these postures um, you are great for their different doshas, and other ones are not ideal. So if you want to get a little bit more detailed now that you are more interested on what your doshas are and what yoga postures are best for your dosha, send me a message at stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com and I will be able to help you out with that once we figure out what your dosha is. Um, Because at least 80% of women, and this is for all my ladies out there, because you know I also work with a lot of women with hormonal health issues and myself dealing with them, I found so many benefits of yoga just for my hormonal health. And again, 80% of women report suffering from some kind of period-related pain at some point in their life. Treating cramps holistically allows you to manage symptoms rather than just masking them. Self-medicating can have a negative side effect and lead to um, dependency, but yoga is a natural alternative that you can tune into soothing aches and pains. And you can find a ton of these. If you just go onto YouTube, you can find a ton of awesome yoga practices for cramps. Definitely want to try that out. You do not want to try Kundalini if you are dealing with some menstrual cramps or on your menses. So you could try some of these um, postures to help with the pain and discomfort when it comes to that menstrual cramp. Child's pose, forward bends, knees to chest pose, spinal twist, and cat and cow. So if you are like I used to be, and it was funny because I was talking to one of my friends, I'm like, man, I used to suffer from a lot of sinus infections. But since I've been practicing Ayurveda and learning more about my body and changing up my regimen, I haven't really had any sinus problems at all this, I think this whole year. Now I think about it. Okay. So anyways, that was a little bit of side note. Sinus headaches, runny nose, and or congestion can lead to several physical pains, as we all know. Fortunately, sinus medication can alleviate these issues further, but they also have a lot of side effects. So a lot of these side effects can cause dizziness, nausea, indigestion, increased appetite, weight gain, weakness, or sleep disturbances. Antihistamines can also increase drowsiness, if you've ever tried those, like Benadryl, heart palpitations, difficulty urinating, constipation, dry mouth, and nervousness. For natural sinus relief, inverted poses are the best. Inverted poses such as downward dog, forward bends, and headstands help dislodge blockage. And you probably notice this a lot when you try these things. I notice I also, you know, when you put your head down um, and you are getting a massage, it just seems like the pressure right where it is and having that downward motion, everything drains. Like it just drains, especially when the massage therapist is hitting certain areas first and then she flips you over and you're like on that table and you just feel like you need to have a Kleenex at that time. That's happened many times for me. Another technique yoga teachers do um, is alternate nostril breathing. I love this one. So to perform this, you will actually follow these following steps. Start in a seated, comfortable position. Place your right index 
finger at the center of the forehead between the eyebrows. And then exhale fully. Close your right nostril with your thumb and inhale through the left nostril for a count of four. Hold to a count of 16, then release the right nostril while blocking the left with the middle finger. Inhale through the right nostril for a count of four, and then repeat this 10 to 15 times. Yoga is also a powerful tool for healing in all aspects. While all yoga poses have the capacity to release stored tension created by emotions, there certain poses have been identified that can release places inside the body where emotion is stored. Emotional pain can manifest into physical pain. Fortunately, yoga can heal both. Certain areas with the body can be tight because of pent-up emotions. For example, tension in a certain area of the body is associated with a specific emotion. Some examples include neck, which is stubbornness, shoulders, negative life experiences, upper back, lack of emotional support, middle back, guilt, lower back, fear, hips, fear of major decisions, changes, or moving forward. So that's pretty interesting. If you didn't realize that, that you can actually figure out like where you hold that tension based off of the um, emotions there. I always say that hips is like a lot of times people have a hard time in those hip opening ones because you hold a lot of emotions there. Emotional and mindset shifts can alter chemical release in the body. When you feel anxious, for example, you can also feel something physical in your body, changes in the hormone level and the pattern of nerve firings within your nervous system connect emotion to physical discomfort or pain. In that same way that changing through patterns can influence the body, changing body positions through yoga can influence the mind and facilitate emotional release. By increasing your range of motion, muscles holding trapped emotions dissolve. To fully gain the emotional healing effects yoga has to offer, practicing it regularly is best. The following poses are to heal emotional issues. Upward facing dog is a fantastic hip opener. Wild things is another heart opener that is achieved by flipping your downward facing downward dog or um, and pigeon is guaranteed to release emotions held in the hips. Wheel or upward facing bow is is a top dog for heart opening poses and is used literally and figuratively to flip your perspective. Headstand or supported headstand is the ultimate inversion to release the flow of energy in your body. So do you have a favorite pose or an emotional release? I love to hear from you guys. Over the years, research has linked mental health benefits to yoga practice. Yoga increases body awareness, sharpness, attention, and improves concentration. The American Psychological Association in particular supports the positive benefits yoga exhibits on mental health. There are several studies that are published in the Indian Journal of Psychology and Pharmacology report that yoga targets unmanaged stress and the main component of chronic disorders such as anxiety, depression, obesity, diabetes, and insomnia. The common physical or mental disorders include clinical depression, anxiety, bipolar, dementia, observative compulsive disorder or OCD, I'm sorry, obsessive compulsive disorder, 
post-traumatic stress, yoga increases the gamma um, GABA receptors in their brain, which is a chemical that regulates the nerve activity. For example, individuals with anxiety or depression tend to exhibit low GABA levels. These poses have been identified as beneficial for psychological healing. Those are child's pose, standing forward bend, ego pose, legs up half the wall pose, half moon pose, supported shoulder stand, fish pose, tree pose, and savasana. I could tell you one of my favorites is actually eagle pose. I also love legs up the wall. I use that all the time in my class. Of course, savasana is a really great one in child's pose. The practice of yoga is not religious, but is considered a spiritual practice. The difference in spiritual benefits of yoga is not linked to any organized form of worship. That means that anyone of any faith or no faith whatsoever can connect to a higher power or a spiritual force through yoga. And I've definitely experienced that. It's something very cool when you do it on your own, but it's even more powerful, I feel, when I'm in a class. Spiritual healing is about developing inner awareness. They rarely happen without the conscious effort to do so. Many of us are focused on analyzing our actions or physical performance instead of simply being. Yoga, however, gives us a platform for mindfulness by teaching us to quiet our mind. By first learning mindfulness on the mat, we can simply apply these techniques when we are off the mat as well. So the seven spiritual laws of yoga is the next thing I want to talk about since we are talking about spirituality and you might be familiar with this as one of Deepak Chopra's best-selling books. Those seven laws include the law of pure potentiality, the law of giving and receiving, law of karma, cause and effect, law of last effort, law of intention and desire, law of detachment, and law of dharma. So let me know if you have read his book book and what are your thoughts? I absolutely love it. I'm looking at the book right now as I'm recording this podcast. For some, the spirituality is about living a happier life and in the present moment and learning to respond to the situations rather than just reacting. Spirituality plays a large part of our inner strength. Inner strength aids us in the management of difficult situations, allowing us to be more caring and willing to share. So if we all practice a little bit of yoga, we will be a lot better planet. It is recommended to try ending your yoga practice with a few minutes or mindful meditation, often in a shavasana. Some ways yoga and meditation can help awaken the spiritual healing include learning to breathe through difficult poses. We learn how to breathe and it can help you through difficult times. Stretching during yoga poses pushes your limits without compromising your others and it can encourage the attitude to do your best in situations and let go um, and overcome a lot of stress. I find that when you are in these difficult situations, how you respond to those poses. So if you are easing into that pose and saying, although this is difficult, I'm going to withstand it, then it tells you how you respond outside. If you flee from it and it says, I don't want to do this, then that tells you how you, you mentally respond. So try to ease into those postures. And as you are off that mat, you start to realize that you can actually be able to handle some of those difficult situations. 
Yoga offers so many benefits. In addition to the benefits of flexibility and strength, we've discussed numerous ways yoga can aid in physical, emotional, psychological, mental, and spiritual ways. So I really take um, want to say thank you for taking this time to just kind of listen to this podcast episode, learning a little bit more about yoga and how it can possibly benefit you. Again, go back to some of the previous episodes in which I talked about the different doshas. Figure out what is your dosha like, and there are certain asanas or practices and pranayamas that are ideal for your dosha type. I can help you out with that. If you want to book a consultation with me, simply send me an email at stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com, and we can go through a whole in-depth consultation um, and create a treatment plan so that you can be on your way to better health, happiness, and prosperity. All right. Thank you again. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all next week for another episode. I am heading out of town pretty soon. I'm so excited. My husband is doing a half Ironman in Traverse City. This is the first time we've ever had an Ironman in Traverse City, or actually in Michigan, sorry. Traverse City is a beautiful town in northern Michigan, like on the upper part of the Mitten. And it has this beautiful cherry festival and is also known as a local wine country, not like Napa Valley or anything like that, but a little local wine country. I'm actually going to be taking my mother up there. She's in her 70s. She's never had a chance to see my husband compete. Um, And she's kind of excited to be able to see him compete and a couple other people that she knows that are triathletes compete in there. And hopefully I can be able to interview one of the amazing women that I know that are, that is a triathlete. I've been trying to interview two of my friends that are triathletes about their um, journey in becoming a triathlete and why they want to do it. One of them is a mother of a couple of kids. She's got an amazing body. I wish I had her body um, for sure. And I used to coach her um, when she was doing her races in regards to nutrition. So I'm super excited about her because she is a client and she's a mother and she's a phenomenal athlete. So you can do it all. And she's got a job. So she's got a whole lot of stuff going on and she's still rocking it out all the time. All right. See you all next week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning into the Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at FWL underscore Steph and on Facebook at Fitness Wellness Life. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode.